Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Yannick Hanfman. I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kudla. This is Sebastian Wolfner. It's Mark Andrea Whistler. I am Francisco Serundelo. And, and you're listening to the Game Toda Podcast. Hopefully you enjoy it. <laughs> hey, welcome back, tennis fans. It's another episode of The Countdown. That's right. Finally, we're at the US Open stage and we can start counting down to what some might say is the greatest Grand Slam of the year. We've just finished Wimbledon. Carlos Alcalaz won his first Wimbledon championship and so did Marketa von Drusova. Are you excited, JG, that we're now heading to America for the hardcourt swing? Well, it's 35 days till the US Open. It's just past midnight, so officially it is 34 days now, which means, according to my quick maths, we should get five episodes in of the countdown for the US Open, which instantly is a countdown record. Uh, whether we can do it or not is another matter, but there's plenty to talk about. Straight off, the success of Carlos Alcalaz at Wimbledon. He's defending his crown here at the US Open. We know Eager likes these US courts as well. Djokovic will be playing. Uh, is it going to be an M3? Maybe not. Maybe we're going to get a surprise. We'll get Von Drusova go back again. Maybe we Come will too. get a surprise. US Open is normally the one where we do get the surprises. True. If you are new to the channel and you haven't seen the countdown before, then make sure you have subscribed. If you want to follow us on audio platforms as well, go follow us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts as well. Leave us a review as well. That would be great. And this is how it goes. We'll go through the contenders, the latest news. We'll have tennis shootout where myself and JG ask each other a bit of tennis trivia and then we'll have a rankings update and then the surprise package to finish. Are we ready right. to get going? Let's get straight into it. Welcome 
to the countdown. So back, Djokovic has won the Australian Open. 35 matches unbeaten. He's done it, Carlos Alcaraz. He wins his 14th Roland Garros title. Carlos Alcaraz wins the US Open and his first Grand Slam title. There he is. Well, that wasn't it. His first ever Grand Slam title. This time last year, it was Carlos Alcalaz in that final against Casper Ruud. And he got it done in four sets. It was impressive. But I feel the lead up to his win was more impressive than the final itself. And that's the sort of thing that we come to expect these days from Carlos Alcalaz in Grand Slam. It is a five-set thriller, isn't it, JG? Yeah, and no surprises. The player we will be speaking about on the men's our number one contender is going to be Carlos Adkalas. So let's get into it. Section one, contenders. There he is on the image. So Carlos Adkalas for the men's. On the women's, we've agreed it's going to be Iga, the two champions last year. Eager wasn't amazing at Wimbledon, but you'd expect it to be a lot better now. Uh, but let's start with Carlos. Can he do what no many, not many players have done before? And that is win back-to-back US Opens. It's really tough. Uh, if anyone can do it, Carlos Alcalaz can do it. That's the way my mind is spinning at the moment. And I feel that like he's got the whole tennis world in a bit of a spin the fact that he beat Novak Djokovic, who was undefeated for 10 years on centre court at Wimbledon. Now I think anything's possible for him. I feel he is a great that is going to be around for decades. It's just it's just how many does he win? Not if he wins anymore. It's, he's that good. And I'm so excited to see him get back on a tennis court. And especially how he won that US Open last year it was impressive it was there was three five set matches back to back and i don't think we've ever seen someone do that type of thing at the us i've not in my like short memory no that it's just was incredible to see somebody play that amount of time on court and still go on and win the us open well it was a sinner one wasn't it uh before the final what just took so much out of him I forget the exact time of it, but I feel like it was close to five hours. Crazy long. And he managed to come through that. He then played five. Got even longer. And then he managed to beat TFO, who knocked out Rafa before that. And it was a historic run in which no player has ever won the US Open being on court for that amount of time. I don't think anyone's won a Grand Slam playing on that court amount of time. So he's clearly got that stamina level, I know yeah. some people were questioning it at Roland Garros, but that was something completely different. I think that was the tension and the nerves of playing Novak Djokovic rather than purely physical. Yeah. Um, but here, I mean, it's probably interesting. Let's go through the odds maybe because I've not looked at them, but I would put him as favourite to win it. Yeah. Uh, I feel that that's going to be the case for a lot of things going forward yeah, now for Carlos Alcalaz. He's just pipping Novak Djokovic. And I feel it's going to be those two probably at the top of the tree. Unless Rafa comes back to challenge in maybe the Roland Garros, there's only going to be those two at the top of all of these odds for slams. 
Well, I disagree there slightly because I think the US Open, probably more so than any of the other slams, I feel Daniel Medvedev has to be considered. Yeah. Like strongly. Like he has the ability to beat certainly Novak Djokovic. I don't know about Alcaraz because it doesn't look like he can beat him at the moment at all. I don't think it matters what surface. Yeah. Uh, Alcaraz seems to have his number and he did beat him on a hard court in a final. What was it? Mar what Masters was it? It was Indian definitely a Masters. World. World. Yeah. Um, I know that court does play a lot different to most hard courts and Medvedev wasn't a fan of it. But I believe Daniel Medvedev has the ability at a US Open to beat Djokovic. He's shown it in a Grand Slam final here not too long ago and I will put him as a real contender as well. But let's focus on Carlos. I'm glad he is the favourite because I think that's correct. I would yeah. have made him probably more of a favourite than what the bookies have though. I think they're always shying close to Djokovic being the favourite on any slam these days. But the fact that he beat him at Wimbledon, I feel that it gives him a slight mental edge at the moment now over Novak Djokovic. And that's crazy to think coming into Wimbledon, I wouldn't have felt that way at all. Even coming into the final, I didn't feel that way at all. But beating Djokovic in five sets... And that's where Djokovic excels. You've got to remember that. It's not just the fact that he beat him in the Wimbledon final. It's the fact he beat him in five sets, yeah. which is Djokovic's realm, really. You go to five sets, that's where Djokovic will beat you. He'll take your legs, he'll take your soul. Well, you look at Carlos Alcaraz last year, he'll take your legs and he'll take your soul <laughs> as well. Three times back to back in five set matches. I, I just remember the drama of it all, though. It was so dramatic that every match, the Chilich match was dramatic. We thought, wow, he's gone. That was with somebody who was a US Open champion. You've got to think that. That's what started it off. The Sinner one was match of the year. I mean, it was just incredible, the, the level. And you just thought, oh, Sinner, so unlucky to come up against Carlos Alcalaz. And the TFO one, he's playing against an American who was trying to become... No, he was the first. Uh, no, he's trying to become the first American since Andy Roddick to get to the final. I think it was like 2008 or something yeah. like that. The whole crowd was against him, but still, he wins them all over with just this incredible desire and just gets around the court so quick. And you can't help but love it. And I remember TFO, the embrace they shared at the end of that one. It was well, something I'll never forget. Yeah, their matches were better than the final. Rude never really stood a chance, and that's the way it played out in the end. Um, but all in all, Alcaraz, we've seen what he was able to do last year at the US Open. I think he's a better player now this year. He's won another slam. He's got confidence after beating Djokovic in a Grand Slam final. I mean, the kid can be dangerous beyond belief. He could win the whole thing without dropping a set. I don't want to get too carried away, but he's clearly got that aura about him at the moment. Um, yes, I don't think he will do. I think he is going to really struggle in certain rounds, though. But that's just more my prediction in terms of I just feel that that could happen. Well, the one interesting thing coming into the US Open as well for him is last year, if you remember, he didn't do too well between uh, like Wimbledon and. US Open. He had a terrible, well, I say terrible run. Yeah, it was for him. He, did he not become world number one? He, at one point? Um, or was that afterwards? But I, know, I remember when he became world number one, he just really struggled. US Open, it was. He became world, but then he struggled after that. But it was before, even worse after the US Open. But before, look, this was his run. Uh, he lost a sinner in Umag on the clay. 
He lost in the first round at Montreal to Tommy Paul. Then he lost to Cam Norrie in Cincinnati. And then he went and won the US Open. <laughs> so it, it just goes to show it didn't make any difference. That was him coming in on bad form. If he does well in the tournaments before the US Open this time, God forbid what, what we're going to see. Is this going to change from five set matches to all three set matches? Well, I think I we will know. see a few more straight set ones for sure. Um, yeah, do, do you agree then with me that he is the number one contender for the US Open? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think he's And for the scary women, do you good. agree with me but with Iga being number one contender? I think she has to be, but it's it's close. It's a lot closer on the women's, a lot closer. I feel that Djokovic, Djokovic and Alcaraz, and I'd like, I'd like you said Medvedev, he has to be considered, but Alcaraz, the clear favourite contender for me on the men's side. Right, let's look at the women's. Right, Maybe we'll go with the odds first. Okay, I'm let's go. To... see where Iga is. So Iga is favourite, 3.5. Yep. Uh, Saba second, Rebecca third. Of course, the big three always there. Garcia, they fancy quite a lot here. Yeah. She's got the same odds as Jabur. Makes sense. You'd expect her to play very well on the hard courts. Coco Goff down there in sixth. Pagula just below Coco Goff. Pagula will probably get to a semi if she has a good run. <laughs> That's it. No, no Sakari in here. What's going on? She's not. Was she down Mira Andreva. She's 20 to 1. Wow. Wow. That's, so high. That that surprises me. They're throwing a lot of pressure on her. That's they think that she's gonna do a Raducanu, I think, and they don't want to get burned uh, by people backing her at hundreds to one. So they're putting her at twenties just to save themselves, I feel. Well, I did say at Wimbledon we won't get one of them big free win Wimbledon. I was pretty sure about it at the time. Of yep. course, it didn't happen. They didn't even get to the final. Do I feel the same way about this one? Not so much. I feel we'll get one of them in the final this time. But of course, yeah, this is yeah. early days. This is five weeks yeah. before. <laughs> I need to have a look at the draw. But this is just my early feeling and sentiment this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see Eager come back to defend her title at the US Open as well. That was her first hardcore slam title. And she didn't even have that great a tournament. I know that people will probably jump in the comments and say, stop going on about it. She still wiped the floor with everyone. But she has such high standards that it didn't look, it wasn't like a pretty win. Yeah, but do you not but feel like last year's US Open, there wasn't really many competitors. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I just well, wasn't optimistic about anyone. Or anyone's form. Sabalenka was the main one, I thought. Yeah, but Sabalenka even then wasn't like she was this year. She's so much better in 2023 than what she was last year. Pagula's pretty much the same, just rolls over against anyone good. And Jabur was a lot worse worse last year. There wasn't really many contenders, to be honest. The only real one was Rabakina, who I thought could have done better at the US Open. I don't know what happened to her at the US Open. Do you remember? I can't remember off the top of my head. I can try and... Uh... Do a little dive. Uh, sure, I can find quickly. it just now. So we're back in our US Open. I think it was. Let's have a look. It was. Oh, yeah. She went out in the Yeah, Clara first Burrell, round. first round. Yeah, you're right. Terrible result for her, considering. Straight off to, after winning Wimbledon, went out first round against Clara Burrell. Yeah, terrible result, that. 
Um, You'd expect her. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't. She was one I had a bit more hopes for. But then after that, obviously she's out. And then Eager just was beating up everyone else on tour at that time. Yeah, I expect Eager to do pretty well it, at this tournament again. It'll be, you know, it'll be different this year though, Ben. It is different because Eager's not yeah, the but... dominant force on the WTA as what she was. No, but there's, it doesn't there's, mean she, she can't looks, She looks it. beatable. She definitely times. does. Not always, let's be honest. Like eighty or ninety percent of the time, she looks still looks untouchable. But there's still a few matchups here and there where you think, oh, okay, she could trouble her. Yeah, she's dropped off a little bit, but that last year's run was so hard to. Has like, she dropped emulate. off, or has people just got better? Oh, I feel that the the tour definitely caught up. That's the one thing. Before we came on, I was just watching that break point uh, episode with her at the U.S. Open and her talking about being number one and the the pressure really of everybody chasing her the whole time the everybody wants to beat her every single match there's i know that you could say that for any match against anybody oh i want to beat them but she had a target on her back essentially that she was the one if you beat her it's like winning a tournament almost yeah. last year like elisa cornet remember at wimbledon she was so ecstatic about just beating and ending Eager's run. She, I think she lost focus on the actual tournament itself. She lost the next round. She didn't even... I feel that that was the achievement for her. She didn't look past that. So that's how big it was beating Eager last year. She has, I don't know, a little more tendency to uh, lose focus, I'd say, this year in some matches. And that's my only worry for her. Because other people are sort of catching up. And like you said, Sabalenka, she's having a lot better year this year. Definitely. Will, well, it's hard will to not argue she's been the best player this year. Yeah. Wimbledon slightly disappointing the way she went out. Um, but all in all, I agree. Iga is the number one contender and she's still the one to beat here for me at the US Open. Yeah, indeed. And as you can see there, obviously, the last time we saw her was against Svitolina. And she lost in the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. But that one, it was just a bit of a storybook run from Svitolina. And I still feel that Eager needs to find her feet a little bit more at Wimbledon. Right, let's move on to the next segment. Uh, we've done contenders. Next up, is it latest news? It is indeed. Right, this is my section where I come into my own. Head to Twitter. Is it still called Twitter? Or is it called X now? I'm not sure. Um, I'm still a bit triggered that we've lost the little bird and we've got that X in the top left-hand corner. What do you make of the X? I don't, I don't like it as much. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I don't on Twitter as much as what you're... Is it still called Twitter? I don't know. Or is it called X now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel like it's do you know with um Facebook it's yeah. meta and Google's mm. alphabet. You don't say oh, I'm just gonna go on alphabet and just have a look at something on you go on Google yeah, or I'm on Facebook. It. Who's who says oh I'm just gonna go go on meta, just have a chat on well, meta. The metaverse. That's what you got. Maybe that's what he's teeing up for. Maybe he's gonna challenge the metaverse with the X verse or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you can't even see the little X. That's good. Is that because you're overlay. Yeah. That's good. Let's oh, keep it off there. Oh, he's got rid of it. Apparently, it's going to be called an XE rather than a tweet. That's trending in the United Kingdom at the moment. What? XE. XE? Well, can you not see it there? Look. That's weird. 
Anyway, probably not. Right, this is how we do it. So I'm going to type in US Open. I've never seen any of this because I'm doing it live. Uh, hit the button. So we'll go on top. And first up is Julie, the Novak Djokovic fan, saying both Cincy Tennis and US Open officially adding Djokovic to the website. USA, here he mm. comes. It is a big talking point. Of course, Djokovic has not been allowed to play in the US uh, all of last year. Was it two years now? Um, no, I think he was allowed the year. The year it was allowed the year before, but not the Masters events, right? Yeah, it was a weird because he wasn't allowed in Canada for sure. Yeah, um, it's all been a bit of a muddle really since COVID. He definitely wasn't allowed at all last year. Missed no. out on a lot of events, uh, but he is back on US soil, and I'm glad he is because he should have always been there. And of course, he can do some damage at the US Open. Yep. The next one we've got Rafael Nadal. And this is a trick shot from him. I remember this one famously. Amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Right on target. Brilliant. Rafael Nadal. I miss him already. I should have known that there would be a Rafael one pretty soon is. afterwards. So what have we got here? So let's pause this. this. Officially got my tickets for WTA San Diego Open. <laughs> it's the week after the US Open. So probably won't be as many top 20 players as last year. But it was so much fun. Try to make it if you can. So, have you been watching much of San Diego? No, well, that, that was one eager one, wasn't it? Last year, do you remember? So, the it was there a men's San Diego, which just happened. No, it says WTA San Diego. No, but was there a men's? Because this is the one that's just starting, right? The I WTA think... San Diego. No, he's talking about it's after it, after the US Open. It's the week after. It I'm says talking that. about the San Diego Open, Ben. What the it's men's not started one. yet? I don't believe so. I've not look, seen the it. Women, look, officially got my ticket for it's the week after. Oh, sorry, it's the week after the US Open. <laughs> so I'm reading. I'm reading the I news. Thought, I thought it was the one before, but what, what's the one they're playing at the moment? Well, they're playing Atlanta, I think. Is that, oh, is okay. that the one you're after? No, I was thinking Newport, but that's on grass. Something that's different. already been been and gone. Newport, yeah, mate. Newport's been and gone. So let's move on from this one. Not much to say. He looks very happy though. <laughs> Just for that news. <laughs> <laughs> Is this fun? So taking it back to 1973, it's 50 years since the US Open announced equal prize money, thanks to negotiations led by WTA founder Billy Jean King and a $55,000 injection of funds from Band Deodorant, a subsidiary of Bristol Myers. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Interesting. Like, well, equal um... prize money. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the band deodorant. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great. Great that uh, Billie Jean King, um, no should, better should person. Should be equal prize money? Yeah, I think so. I think that you... I feel that why? on these... Why should it be equal prize money? Should it not be dependent on how many people watch the sport? So, for well, example, it's... if more people are watching the women's, they should get paid more than the men's. Why don't they just do a percentage split? For example, the year Raducanu and Leila Fernandez won the US Open. Yeah. For me, that was more exciting. That the women's US Open yeah, than yeah. the men's. So I think that year they should have maybe got a 70 30 split. There is is a tricky and a divisive uh, question, this one, because and I don't think it's men... be. why don't they just do it based off numbers, of stats, of how much money is being generated, how many people are watching the sponsors. And then whatever that is, divvy it up and say, oh, all right, it's about 60%. Because then it's going to go down to who has the longer match and the more 
exciting match and then you'll no, say well men can really. only play men play five set matches and women only play three set matches so they'll be longer matches and they'll have longer viewing audience more adverts in their matches so they get more money because the matches are longer as well i don't know it's 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 a very difficult one but then obviously rafa has been asked this question as well and we know his answer to that one uh, he came out with and they were saying about men getting paid more, wasn't they? Well, and he said, well, what? no one's questioning the female models and the, how they get paid. So let's not question the male tennis players pretty much. So uh, I don't know. It's one of those things which is always going to be up in the air, but you do always have to look towards like where is the, the most interest going to be? And like I don't know, if you go to other sports, this is probably the one of the most fair sports that there is around because if you go to like football or soccer in the US the interest just isn't there for the women's and for them to want equal pay to the men's it's just not going to happen you're not going to get the advertising you're not going to get the bums on seats the women aren't going out to watch it as well which does which affects it which is the one thing tennis does have which is great which is both men and women go to watch tennis no matter who's playing which is great yeah, I think the level's so high for women's tennis as well that yeah. I was only playing devil's advocate, really. I, I know. I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy it's equal. I think that is the right way of doing it because it's difficult to come to any other solution. Yeah, definitely. Uh, congrats to 2016 US Open girls champ Kayla Day on entering the top 100 of the WTA rankings for the first time. Won her ITF title in Granby. Is she one to watch, Kayla Day? Definitely. Yeah. In, in the US, you've got to look out for any American player that's playing well. Uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye out for her for sure. Uh, last one. Going to the US Open this year, hopefully can catch <coughs> no, Novak Djokovic. Will be my first major tennis tournament in person. Going to watch a challenger next month at Stanford. This is actually quite interesting. And I'm glad it came up because I want to speak about Djokovic fans and how they're feeling going into the US Open. We've got a lot of Djokovic fans who watch us, a lot of subscribers who are real diehard Djokovic fans. Shout out to you guys. Uh, we know it must be a difficult time after what happened at the US, at the at Wimbledon. But how are they feeling about this? I, I want to know what you think their attitude is. Do you feel they're still... Because going into, into Wimbledon, there was a level of confidence where they felt very self-assured that no one was really... Yeah, it was a very feeling of untouchability. That's not going to be the case right now, is it? Well, I'll tell you from a first hand, I was going in super confident. But right now, I can be open and honest. Yeah, it scares me. And Carlos Alcalaz, he's the real deal. That's the problem now. We know he's the real deal. He's had one little blip, which was the, oh, I'm scared of playing Djokovic the first time. And, well, not the first, first time at a slam. Yeah, the Hugh on one. Well, yeah. I mean, he has those He's blips. a little boy. But Marazan. He, what happened against Marazan? That was just Marazan playing absolutely Marazan slashing the pan. For that one match. <laughs> but then... I feel like he can still come good. He's still playing well in the challenges, but he needs to step up more on the big stage. That match against Alcaraz, no one would have beaten him that day. That's the honest truth. It was just that good. So Marazan would have beaten Djokovic. 
I think he'd beaten anybody. Would he beaten? Would he have beaten Prime Federer? He would have beaten anybody. It was that good. <laughs> oh, come it's on, just, I'm not joking. Fed, what are you? What's wrong with you? I watched the match. That, it was be, ridiculous. Would he have beaten Rafael Nadal? It was lights out tennis. It was. It was hit about like 50 winners. You don't. Would he have beaten beat 2008 Rafael Nadal? I don't know. That's one a difficult one on so, the clay. Right, right, breaking news, everyone, for joining. Marazan would have been every single player in history that day on the Alcalaz victory. Is that correct? Are you going to come like on the podcast and say that? It's like saying Rosal could have probably beaten every player in history when he beat Nadal at Wimbledon that we day. We couldn't have. That, when he, when he put Obviously plays not. that good. It wasn't that talent. amazing, Ben. What? It wasn't remember... that like, wow, oh my God. He had a brilliant, he had a really good performance. If he'd have played anyone like a, a prime Federer or a Djokovic, they'd just blitz him. It'd been a free and a free done. Maybe just because of the mental of who's on the other end. Because the fact that he had a young player at the other end probably helped him. That's the thing. When you play the bigger players, the bigger names, it does make it more difficult for these up and coming players. So that side of things, yes. But if it was just, Another professional down the other end. I feel like if you played that level of tennis, it's just difficult. Right. Well, so... we started with me asking you about Novak Djokovic, and we ended with Ben saying Fabian Marazan is the greatest of all time. The so goat. Let's... Marazan, the goat. T shirts yeah. coming soon. Yeah. So let's move on away from latest news. As you've heard, Marazan, greatest player of all time, probably will win the US Open as well. And let's move on to my favorite segment. Tennis shootout. <laughs> Here we go. No. This section is me versus Ben. We have a question each. We've got 30 seconds to answer it. And we'll see who gets it right. So far, 100% record on my end. I've not got one wrong. Uh, flawless, really. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad we've come away from the news which is just random people telling us which tennis tournaments they're going to now. And now we're on to this <laughs> section, which is, uh, yes, uh, I haven't done too well on the shootout. I've come close. I think the only one I've got right is about alcohol so far, which is not a good sign for me. have to hope more alcohol questions come up. Maybe the US Open, I've not actually been myself. So to know prices in dollars, I'm going to struggle on. But... I've got a question for you. It is US Open related. Uh, I will be giving you four potential uh, answers to it because I'm nice like that. I like to give you a multiple choice question. Yeah, your one won't be multiple choice. That's uh, fine. I like different options. There is a right. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> stuff. Right. Okay. So shall I, do you want to go first or shall I go first? You go first. All right. I'll ask you. Uh, my question first. Wait, let me put my AI glasses on. All right. Zoom. <laughs> wow, they're invisible. They're really good, those new ones. Yeah, Elon sent them to me. Oh, they got X's on the side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to cue the music because we're going to have to 30-second timer ready. And it will start when I have finished asking the question with the four potential answers. Right, so name the last man to get bageled in a, in a US Open final. We've got A, 
Leighton Hewitt, B, Andy Roddick, C, Andy Murray, or D, Kai Nishikori. Go. A US Open final. I'm instantly drawn to an Andy. Not sure which one. But my... I think I'm going to get this one wrong. I'm going to have to go off my gut instincts. My gut instincts have always been quite good. And that is Andy Roddick, final answer. It's wrong. I can tell why you're playing. <laughs> well, that, I'm not a good poker player, me. No. Oh. Oh, we're going again. <laughs> we're starting over. Right. I can confirm uh, Andy Roddick was locked in. And I can confirm that is the wrong answer. Mm. What was the correct one? The correct answer was Leighton Hewitt. Answer yeah. A. That was in the 2004 final against Roger Federer, where he got uh, two bagels, in fact. He got six love, seven six, six love. Oh, well, got that terribly wrong. That's um, fine. No shout problem. out to anyone who got it right at home. Yeah. And let's move on to Ben's question. Oh, so, great. for those who don't know, all of Ben's questions I have given him on the countdown have some kind of relation to him. We've asked Ben questions. We've asked alcohol questions. We've asked logo questions because he's a creative genius. This one is going to be about his weak spot. So for those who don't know, Ben has a massive, massive admiration for this player. It was his favorite player to ever play the US Open. He made right. songs. He just went overboard and he was obsessed with her. You know who I'm talking about, everyone at home. Of course, it is Emma Raducanu. So my Raducanu. question to Ben is about Raducanu because he's such uh, a big fan. I'm a massive fan. So, you ready? Go on. Fire away. A few years ago, Ben, Raducanu uh, won the US Open. You made a song. Ago. Yeah. And you was over the moon. You would come on you was the podcast. Oh, she's going to win everything. She's the greatest player we've ever seen. Bow, bow, bow. My question to you was, or is... Oh, where's the, where's the sound? Are you going to press it on me? I can press it, yeah, if you want. Okay. My question to you is, what ranking was Raducanu when she entered the US Open in which she won? Go. She went through the qualifying, but what ranking was she? This is a tough one. I think it was... Oh, a hundred and eighty. That's. I think it's around that type of thing. I'm gonna. I think it's. I think she was at Wimbledon. She was about three hundred, and then she managed to go to round four. And then I think it was. I think it was around a hundred and eighty in the world, or something like that. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna stick with around that one seven eight. I'll go with. One seven eight is the just, final. Just throwing it. Um, I don't know why I went down two for some reason. I just thought I'd throw it so, out. So Raducanu was ranked 
150 in the world uh, and had to play three matches in the qualifying tournament to get into the main draw. So she was even better than you thought, Ben. I think with multiple choice, I would have got that one. But never she mind. She probably would have been around 178 before that challenger in which she got to the final. Was it against Towson? Yeah. Yeah. That was a close one as well. She nearly won that. There's a few extra points there for her. Well, when she's come 50. She's gone to the Murray Academy now, and now she's got metal wrists, metal ankles. <laughs> she's going to come back like a robotic Andy Murray, and she's going to. Uh, Maybe win the US Open again sometime soon. Who knows? I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Well, there we go. Ben's Emma Raducanu question. He's got it wrong. Brings his percentage down to 14%. Um, anyway, let's move on. That is tennis shootout. We both failed miserably. Hopefully someone else got it right at home. Let's talk about the rankings. Ranking time. And the ranking for the entries for the US Open closes six weeks before. We are within that threshold now. Yep. So let's bring it up, Ben. I know you got the graphic ready. Let's have a look. This is, just, we got the graphic for, there's always the graphic for the men's, but for some reason they don't ever do this one for the women's. I don't know why, but we'll have a look down anyway. The the men's is pretty self-explanatory at the moment at the top, as you can see that, that you've got the entry ranking on the right, uh, and this one on the left, which is the current ranking. And you can see they're all just exactly the same at the moment. There's barely much movement there. Yeah, dropped a little bit, but not much. Yeah, we'll have to just go down a, a bit further to see um, any bigger changes. Can you see anything which is of note here? Maybe cash, cash in, yeah. I mean, yeah, just won his first tournament. Just won his first ATP tournament. That was impressive. Love to see him embracing with his dog as well at the end. He brought the dog on court and was giving it a nice kiss. I'm not sure if I agree with kiss on the lips with the dog, but still, it was a very sweet moment. <laughs> it was very nice. But no, it's, it's massive for him because being 90 as his entry ranking... It's a big difference to say now 49. Like He's oh, a bit more... He's a respected player in that draw. Top um, 50. He, with, with this ranking, he's going to be all right now for Grand Slam. Just needs to keep plodding along, securing enough points to stay where he is. And he'll be in every Grand Slam he wants to play. And he'll make a good amount of money and have a good career. He's a good player, Cashin. Yeah, very good. And But that one was on the clay as well. So he's going to have to come off the clay where he's so much more at home. And come on to the hard courts. Offner there doing great. He's up to 52 in the world. We've got to give him a mention. That's fantastic from him. He's really kicked on from uh, that Roland Garros performance where he got to the fourth round. Didn't do too well at Wimbledon, but just got an unlucky draw, Lehechka, wasn't it? So, yeah. And he's done well since then. So he's won a challenger tournament and then he... Uh, Beats a Bata Morales and a Echeveli as well. I'm losing to Kasparud in two close sets. So, do you have all 104 players who have got into the US Open here? There should be pretty much all of them. Yeah, have a look. So, what does it go down to? Goes down all the 96? way. 96. Yeah, 96. So really. Maybe it's not 104. We've so. There's a lot of protected ranking style players, I feel, in these in these places. Yeah, yeah so, so Radio 
okay, he's got a protected ranking. He'll be in Raonic as well. Vesely, Nishikori. Nishikori's been doing really well actually, <laughs> in the challenges. And he's going to be... I'm glad we need to talk about him because he, I think, is the player everyone will want to avoid. No one's going to want to yeah. kind Nishikori first round. And the truth is, anyone can get him, I feel. Yeah, the US Open finalist. Yeah. From 2014. Dominic Team, another one who's won the US Open. Chilich. Probably not. Chilich, you won, won it. it. Yeah. Two, two champions there. <laughs> That's a draw from hell if you get them. Even Gal Monfils is a nightmare draw if he turns up and actually plays well. Well, these are all the lucky players here. Look. So, Pella, Monfils, Harris, Delian, Molchan. Yeah. They're all like out of the... They wouldn't have got in automatic entry. No. They were just protected with the fact that they were lower. They were higher ranked. A week ago. A week ago. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> know, they've fallen down. But that's just the way it goes sometimes uh, in these rankings. Obviously, there's going to be a load of wild cards coming in and then all of these qualifiers as well. We've only got one withdrawal so far. Mikhail Ema. Well, uh, forced one, isn't it? Yeah. He, he missed uh, one of the anti-drug tests. Not the good. doping test, especially after his outburst the other week as well, it's not looking. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking, looking good for Ema right now. His brother will be flying the flag for Sweden, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we've got these alternates in there: Diaz Acosta, yeah. Schwartzman. Looking down that list, Quan, pretty good one. Yeah. Crazy. Goffin, sure. I quite like a bit of Goffin. Yeah, why not? Michael Marr in there as well. Tara Daniel. Yeah, some pretty good players in there. Uh, then we got the. Is it the? No, we've not got any qualifiers yet. They've not yeah. decided who is going to go into the draw for the qualifiers. So those are the rankings currently for the men's. We can, all we can really do for the women's is look at the live rankings at the moment. Um, I can just try and bring that one up. Just bear with me. This is the men's. We've got it on at the moment. Yeah, let's just see some of the ones who have been rising. Yeah, exactly right. Let's just have a look on here. Apologies if any little adverts pop up, but that's just what this website does. Oh, what was that? Sound like guitar. <laughs> You're playing the guitar these days. Down that <laughs> is, is that a transition? Come on, move down. <laughs> You're gonna play a song while I <laughs> get the website up. Right, okay. So just looking down, it's just the usual suspects at the top. Let's just keep going down. I want to uh, see some look. movements, Ben. Let's see some movements. Oh, I want to see the website move. All oh, right, there you go. It was stuck for a bit there. Right, Mukova doing well. Vekic doing well. Who else have we got moving? Oh, Martic dropping massively. Valskova dropped nine. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, she must have just been much. holding on to a lot of points. Point. Yeah. Let's keep moving down. I feel like there is someone who's got some mad movement, but we've not got to it yet. Bogdan dropping 12 places there. Mila moving up, up to 60 there in the world. Mila New player. career high, 60. Her target, she, I saw her speaking, was um, top 70 start of the year. That's all she wanted to do. Now she's upped it to top 50. That's I think mad. she can do it. If she just has like a little yeah. run at the US Open, she'll do it. No one's going to want to play her at the US Open, guaranteed. That goes so in. For, 
the the main player to avoid in the whole entire draw is her for sure. If you're like a seeded player, you do not want her. You can know that Saka is getting her, don't you? You just can see it already. I've got it. I've, clip it now. Maria Sakari gets Miriam Andreva first round. All right, moving I down. I reckon it was going to be Vekic. Oh, Noskova's dropped a lot. Oof. Gosh, yeah. 20. I think there's someone else who's moved up quite a bit. Let's have a look. Baindor has dropped. She just got to a final recently as well. She dropped 18 places. That's crazy. Uh, I'm still going. Still no, going. I, no, I don't see okay. this big mover. Uh, there's a lot of people dropping. <laughs> there's not too many people moving. <laughs> All right. right. Oh, dropped out. Oh, right. I'm going to move back to the top just in case we missed anyone. But no, big, big droppers. Blink of us up three. That's the biggest mover. The rest of them haven't moved. But we do have tournaments coming up. As you can see there, Eager's going to be playing, trying to extend her lead at the top a little bit more. Uh, she was terrible in Warsaw last year. I think she lost to Garcia. Yeah, she did. She lost. Isn't it a clay home. court? Yeah, it is. as well. Yeah, you're right. Something interesting also about Eager that she's going at the moment to try and equal, I think it's uh, like a record for weeks at number one. She's three weeks away from equaling the 10th of all time, which is Caroline Wozniacki at 71 weeks. So, but I don't think Sabalenka is going to play in Canada. So she may just get it by default. So she may just, and then she just has to just... Oh, she's not going to just... She might not play. I think I've read some reports that Sabalenka may not play the Canadian Open, but probably be playing the next tournament. But it's difficult to play all those tournaments in the lead up to the US Open. But don't take that for verbatim. That that was just something I just read through uh, Twitter when they were talking about the, the eager record, maybe she'll be able to get to 71 without even having to, to hit a tennis ball. But I'm sure she'll be able to maintain it anyway. Okay, yeah. so let's move on to the final section. Yeah. And this one is the surprise package. Ooh. So we'll play on the men's, play on the women's every episode. Then we'll make sure they're all saved down and yep. then work out some point system to see who did better with their surprise packages. And this is something we'll always speak about as well on all the watch alongs on a lot of podcasts during the U S open. So yeah, a lot of pressure and getting some good names. We'll start with the men's. Of course, it can't be one of the contenders. It needs to be a surprise. Someone outside the top 10, right? Yeah, that's the, the what makes this it makes this one slightly different to the other ones that we did on the countdown because there's more scope for the movement before the tournament starts. But we will just take it as of when we pick it. So the live rankings as of this day, if they move into the top ten, that's just a good pick from whoever picked it, I guess. And that's then they maybe have just performed well before the U.S. Open. But we can't we can't be uh, playing games and just going now they can't have it now and then just taking it away so we'll just go from what they are at the moment uh i haven't even thought about it so i'm going to be going on the spot for these ones uh as we tend to do do we want to go women's first as we're already looking at the women's yeah i said men's first but oh you want to go men's first okay no that's fine we can go men's first 
All right, so it's going to be. I feel like there's going to be some similar names that we just end up picking, like for a lot of these surprise packages. This is the problem with uh, some of these. Okay, well, I'm going to go for my one first, and it's going to be Christopher Eubanks. Ooh. <laughs> No, I don't know. It's I like a surprise, um, is it? I like to say I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked at all. It's Christopher literally... Eubanks is going to be my number one surprise package. He just lit up Wimbledon. He's a quality player in the US. Can he do it again? I really hope so. Just want a deep run from Christopher. Come on. Well, he's managed to get into the Canadian Open at the expense of Novak Djokovic. Djokovic drops out. Eubanks in. So maybe he'll be pushing himself up the rankings before he even gets to the US Open. Um, he's, he's definitely got a lot of fans. He's earned a fan in you, and definitely, uh, he's won my admiration as well. Become the end of Wimbledon, as I eventually got to see him play. I'm going for somebody you're going to be like, Oh, that's just like so. It's going to be you. boring. I know it. it's going to be so number 11, you. isn't it? How did you know? I'm going for Mr. Mist Wimbledon, Mr. Kalen Hachanov. He got to the oh. uh, semi-finals, didn't they? They beat Kyrgios at the US Open. I what feel that Karolin Hatchanov is a good surprise package to have. He's outside the top 10. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so God. that's who I'm going to be going with. <sighs> All right. All right. So that's a good one anyway. Maybe. He might even play it. What happens if they don't play it? Do I get to pick again? No. Oh. On the women... I'm oh. I'm gonna have Madison Keys as my surprise package. Oh, she was playing that. quite well at the start of before Wimbledon. Played really well in Wimbledon, just lost out to Sabalenka. I like her chances in the US. Hopefully she can just have a good run and play some good tennis. Maybe. She was my surprise package for Wimbledon, as we know. I stole her at the last because you were going Vekic or bust <laughs> for some reason i'm going to be going uh uh mira andreva oh so predictable i'm going russians upon <laughs> russians you watch <laughs> you see how well they did at wimbledon i feel that the russians have got something to prove at the moment and i feel that russian power right now on the tennis tour it is a thing and they're coming through they're coming Ooh. strong mira andreva Hope that one clips that and makes makes it into something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're gonna yeah, get in a bit of trouble there, Ben. That's um, it. They're gonna post me with some Russian flag behind me or something. I don't know what they're gonna do. Terrible. You would have been annoyed because I was very close to picking uh, Leila Fernandez, but I'm not going to. Maybe that'll be next week's episode. Maybe it will. I think you've lost a bit of confidence in her these days. So it's uh, fine. Raducanu. And I think we'll end on that note since it's the US Open. Leila Fernandez, <laughs> better player than Raducanu. We all know it. And thank better you. Better player than an injured Raducanu. <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us on the countdown. This is episode one. We'll see you next Monday, hopefully a little bit earlier for episode two of the countdown to the US Open. We'll see you guys very soon.
Sports Social Podcast Network.